This is Daniel White the third, the son of Daniel White Jr., who is now in heaven, I do believe. President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast episode number. 1021 or 1021 where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary and or the Matthew Henry Commentary uh, or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. Because I believe I'm not the only one who has the Holy Ghost. And everything does not have to be original with me. And I do believe in giving people the credit due them for what I use from them. Not only because it's right. Not only because it's lawful. But because I believe more importantly it adds to what you have to say. You're not God. Everything does not originate with you. And to think that after 2,000 years, you're the only one who had a, 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 a good thought is crazy. Okay? Just, just give people the credit due them. Plus, I preach every day, sometimes twice a day. I don't have time to be trying to be original. I, I, I only have time to get the message out. And if I need to quote somebody and give them credit, that's what I'm going to do. Beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And so the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the understanding of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of Almighty God. And may I say God does not play. We play, but God does not play. Jesus does not play. My strong advice to you, I urge you to not think that God plays. He doesn't play. He means exactly what he says. He's very humble, and I say that advisedly. He's very meek. I say that advisedly. He takes a lot. He puts up with a lot because he's God and because he loves us. But do not get it twisted. Just because he loves you does not mean he's going to let you get away with your sin, your evil, and your dirt, and your filth, and your wickedness, and your whoredom, and your whoremongering around, 
and any other sins that we commit. As a child of God, if you're already saved, God is going to chastise you and rebuke you. He's not going to have it. If you're lost and you refuse to believe in Christ, his son, even though you know the truth and you refuse to repent of your sin because you love darkness more than you love light, to hell you will go. That's a fact. You will go to the burning hell. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe the words of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, who said the most beautiful words, the most loving words, and uh, the most important words in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will save you. Tonight, my dear friends, we are reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. My, my, my. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the womb of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now when God tells you to go to Nazareth, that's what you, you better do in your life. They may be called another city, but if God tells you and warns you that you don't need to stay where you are and you need to go, that's what you better do. My dear friends, that was Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. Now here is the sense of it. The Bible knowledge commentary, along with the Holy Ghost of God, well, I have been praying all day long. I will help us. After Herod died, Joseph was again instructed by an angel of the Lord. Again, remember now, God is the Father of Jesus Christ, the supernatural Father of Jesus Christ, if you will. But he appointed Joseph to be the stepfather. And he's calling on Joseph to do some things that fathers and men are wired to do. To protect, to lead, guide. You don't hear the angel, anybody talking to Mary right now. Because this is a man's job. Huh? 
Do you hear me? All of you wives, all of you women, all of you daughters out there who think you can handle this big old world by yourself. You're asking for trouble, but some of you are so stinking proud. The husband or the father has to let you go learn it the hard way. And then you come back crying and wanting uh, help when you have already messed up or been messed over. See, don't be foolish. Do not err, my beloved sisters. So many women have run off their husbands with their Nazi feminist foolishness, wanting to control and dominate their husband. Some daughters want to control and dominate their fathers, especially the woke young people today, and want to do away with the authority of the husband and the father. But the devil is a lie. And what happens is to these wives and even daughters, they get messed over by some dog, some man, and some are so proud they're ashamed to even look in the face of their husband, the face of their father, and tell the truth. Everybody ought to abide in their calling. You wives out there, you need to thank God for your husband. And when he tells you something to try to protect you from your sin, your evil, and your foolishness, you need to listen. Same thing for you daughters. Your father's there to protect you. But if you're so proud and stubborn, uh, wife and daughters and women, that you won't listen, you are removing yourself from under that protection that God has provided for you and you will suffer the consequences for it. And sometimes, particularly, uh, depending on your pride level, you will be destroyed by it. So let God use the man that God has put in your life. The angel and God did not speak. And, and let me just say this wisely to you and advisedly. And at this particular time when Jesus, the little boy, was a little boy, Jesus could have done it, but God chose to do it this way. I don't understand why God causes a man to have sex with a woman and then she has to be pregnant for nine months is a wonderful time for a husband who has sense. It's a wonderful time. What a playground that is for a man who has sense to, to tend to it and deal with it. It's a wonderful thing. Okay? But nine, nine months, well, why, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? And then the child has to be one month old, two months, three months, a year, and then two, a toddler, three, four. Why did, why did God choose that route when he could have just, you know, made the baby at seven years old? I don't know. But he chose to allow Jesus to grow up like everybody else. 
And guess what? God was speaking to Joseph, not Mary and not to the child. Because Joseph was a man who knew how to take care of business. And he called upon that man to be the husband and the father and to protect Mary, to guide Mary, and to protect the baby Jesus. So let me tell you something, wives. Let, let your husband protect you and guide you. Stop adopting two curses, your curse and his curse, trying to handle everything. And, and let me just tell all of you women something. You're not equipped for it. I know the woke culture has told you that. I know your grandmother and them have told you that. But you're not equipped for it, baby. And what's going to happen is you're going to say to yourself, I'm tired. And either you're going to get bitter at the man that God put over you and angry, or you're going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of trying to be the man. And you're not, if you're wise, you're not going to say, I'm going to let you be the man. Now. No, you're not going to say anything stupid like that. You're just going to submit to your husband. And he arrives to the occasion. You don't have to tell him anything or to your father. You're going to, you're going to get tired. Men do not get tired in war and, 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 and protecting the family and providing for the family. Uh, is what they're wired to do. Is in them to do it. By the grace of God. So stop trying to do two jobs. Stop being woke and wake up. And be what God made you to be. Wired you to do. Equip you to do. Because it's all going to come tumbling down, baby, after a while. And you're going to need that man, husband or father, to help you pick up the pieces. The people who use you and the people who... Uh, try to use you to get back at your husband, to get back at your father because they didn't like what he preached, they're going to be gone. And the old people that you think are so wonderful, they're going to be dead. So uh, let God do his thing. And let God use the men in your life or the man in your life. And be humble enough to receive advice and help that can save you uh, a lifetime of heartache and pain and trouble. This was the third of four times an angel appeared to him in a dream. He was made aware of Herod's death and told to return to the land. Joseph obediently followed the Lord's instruction and was planning to return to the land of Israel perhaps to Bethlehem. However, a son of Herod, Archelaus, was ruling over the territories of Judea, Samaria, and Idumea. Archelaus, noted for tyranny, murder, and instability, was probably insane as a result of close family intermarriages. And this is a real thing, by the way in royal families and some other families too. I was preaching in a certain town in Oregon 
some many years ago. And I noticed a bunch of people coming in who were twisted up and deformed and in wheelchairs, just a bunch of them. And so the pastor and his wife took me out to dinner afterwards. And I, they didn't say anything, but I, I asked them, well, I'm just curious, why, why, why you have, I mean, I noticed a whole bunch of people who were twisted up and, you know, and deformed and all of that. They started, they both started nodding their heads and they said, that's because of incest. Inbreeding. This is why God uh, forbade it. But that's what they told me. Out in Western Oregon. Anyway, God's warning to Joseph again in a dream was not to return to Bethlehem, but instead to move back to the northern district of Galilee, to the town of Nazareth. The ruler of this region was Antipas, another son of Herod, but he was a capable ruler. The fact that the family moved to Nazareth was once again said to be in fulfillment of prophecy. However, the words he will be called a Nazarene were not directly spoken by any Old Testament prophet, though several prophecies come close to this expression. Isaiah said the Messiah would be from Jesse's roots, like a branch. Branch in the Hebrew word Nisa, which has consonants like those in the word Nazarene, and which carry the idea of having an insignificant an insignificant beginning. And by the way, do not um, disrespect insignificant beginnings in anybody. Since Matthew used the plural prophets, perhaps, his idea was not based on a specific prophecy, but on the idea that appeared in a number of different prophecies concerning Messiah's despised uh, beginning. Nazareth was the town which housed the uh, Roman garrison for the northern regions of Galilee. Therefore, most Jews would not have any associations with that city. In fact, those who lived in Nazareth were thought of as compromisers who consorted with the enemy, the Romans. Therefore, to call one a Nazarene was to use a term of contempt. So because Jesus and his family, rather, I'm sorry, because Joseph and his family settled in Nazareth, the Messiah was later despised and considered contemptible in the eyes of many in Israel throughout his life and ministry. This was Nathaniel's reaction when he heard Jesus was from Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? Has anybody ever said anything? Like that about you? Or you from, oh, uh -huh, you from the South. 
Uh-huh. Okay, now I see. Oh, you're from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what's dealing with what you got going on. You from Alabama. Oh, yeah, I got you. You from... You from... Uh, Queens, uh, New York. Mm-hmm. I thought so. You know, people will say they'll 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 say something negative about you because of where you're from. If you if you're a black man going to certain towns in the South, here's what you're going to get when you go to certain when you go to certain stores. Where are you from? That's going to be the first thing. If they don't know you, don't recognize you, where you from? They said just like that while they uh, checking you out and and bagging your stuff. Where you from? Oh, I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, oh, yeah, Yankee. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't say that, but that's what they're thinking about you. This concept fit several Old Testament prophecies that speak of the lonely uh, place of the Messiah. Uh, also, the term Nazarene would have reminded Jewish readers of the similar sounding word Nazarite. Jesus was more devoted to God than the Nazarites ever were. So, let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for our time together around your Holy Word and with your Holy Word. And I thank you, Lord, for my children helping me with the ministry. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Bless them for doing so. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Please remember to read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, each and every day of your life, and pray without ceasing to God about everything, and for wisdom to understand His Word and apply it to your life. Most importantly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shalt be saved. Please stay tuned for a complete presentation of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that you can get your soul saved from hell to that wonderful place called heaven when you die. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Now, dear friends, if you're with us today and you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from sin and hell. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We're all guilty before God. You do not have the right to look down your nose at others. You're just as wicked as others. Second, Except the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin always. You will be paid for your sins one day. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Our payday someday is death to these beautiful bodies 
death to so many things before you die, death to marriages, death to relationships, uh, death to material things. You will experience a thousand deaths before you die because of sin. But ultimately you will die physically. Your body will be put in a cold, dark grave. And that ought to be frightening because it is frightening. But more frightening is that your soul, if it dies without Christ, will go to a burning hell to spend eternity in a dark place, even though there's fire. You say, Preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would put people in the hell where Jesus Christ, the loving and lowly one, preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ, the loving one and the lowly one, preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also the Bible says in Revelation 21, 8, But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whatever you do, don't experience the second death, because it's bad news. Hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and he said these words to you before he left here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul and to come into your heart and change your life. He will do it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again. And you're ready to trust him as your Savior. Pray and ask him to save you, and he will. I'll be glad to lead you in prayer in what is called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, and that I have done evil in your sight. I am guilty because I have broken your Ten Commandments, your law. I've taken your holy name in vain. I've dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my own parents. I have lied many times before. I have lusted after people and things and what others have. 
I've stolen things before. Uh, so, Lord, that's five to six commandments I've already broken out of your Ten Commandments. And so, please have mercy and grace upon me. For your Holy Son's sake, Jesus Christ, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how, in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to repent of my sins past. And help me to turn from my evil ways. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Allow me to say to you. Dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my pamphlet titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good until next time. Now, I may be traveling here over the next few days, and, uh, but I will resume preaching as soon as I get back, and I will do some preaching while I'm on the road. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. And we will continue to pray for you. God bless you. Until next time.